Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Hey, welcome back into the Sports Bar. It's Danger and Bataglia getting set for your sports weekend. And one of the bigger stories from this past week having to do with the Washington Commanders and their owner, Daniel Snyder, agreeing in principle to a deal that will sell his team over for $6.05 billion. So we go to the district to get the pulse of the District of Columbia and Commanders fans with Craig Hoffman from our Odyssey Sports Sister Station in D.C. How are you, Craig? I'm good, guys. It's uh, been a good week to be a radio host in D.C. Is it a celebratory mood? I'm just happy for every longtime Washington football fan, Craig. It is definitely, uh, as the English would call it, celebratory. Uh, however, it is a little more muted than I would have expected, and I feel like it's a little bit of just this fear that it's not officially, officially done yet. Like, I'm one of these people that's like, hey, everyone, like, chill out. It's done. It's over. He has sold. Like, he has died. We just have to wait for the funeral. Uh, but some people are just like, no, man, I'm not going to celebrate until that body's in the ground. And, and considering what has happened over the last 25 years of his ownership, I get it. He's just burned fans so many times. But mostly people are psyched. Like, they're very, very happy, excited to see what Josh Harris can do excited more than that just to see Dan Snyder gone because it's been, I mean, it's been dreadful in a way that it's really hard to describe, understand, or draw parallels to unless you've lived it. Craig Hoffman is the host of The Hoffman Show. You can hear him on the Team 980 inside the free-to-download Odyssey app, also host of the Take Command Commanders podcast. So let's talk about that because there is still a little bit of a a cynic in me that believes that Daniel Snyder won't do this. We've been talking about it for for months, as long as there's been chatter about him selling the team. Is this real? Is he just doing it? And then the Bezos thing comes to light. You know, does this really come down to Daniel Snyder hating Jeff Bezos so much that Bezos's money wouldn't have been good for him? No, absolutely not. Um, Teddy Schleifer, who covers billionaires basically for Puck News, uh, it talked about this in a piece he did last week where he revealed that Dan and, and Jeff had actually talked. I don't know why I just referred to them as if I'm on a first name basis with either of them. <laughs> Snyder and Bezos, two men who I absolutely do not know, uh, spoke apparently in December. 
And so there has been some kind of conversation. There's been a feeling out process. Uh, Bezos had hired Allen and company, which is an investment firm to legitimately look at this. It's just that for whatever reason, um, there was a lot of complicating factors, including by the way, the fact that he's still the executive chairman of Amazon who has a rights deal with the NFL that would have had to been worked around something they could have done, but like just another step in the process where he just didn't want to do it. And so I mean, technically, he still could. Um, Schleifer put out a piece uh, on, what was it, Wednesday, where he said that Bezos isn't going to bid. And in that piece, he's like, well, technically, you know, Dan could go begging at the last second or Jeff could change his mind and come in with a big check and just wipe everybody out. And because of the non-exclusive agreement, technically, that's still alive. But, like, this this is happening. It's going to be Harris. And I, I, the reasons why Bezos, I just imagine it's too complicated. Um, he didn't really you know, want to have to deal with all the, the DC stuff. And by the way, it's way simpler for him to buy the Seahawks. Like in, in a couple of years, the, the hometown team for him, he does have some DC ties. He owns the Washington post. He spent a lot of time here recently, but like he is a Seattle guy and he's just got to win an auction. And he's the third richest guy in the world. He's going to win the auction and he doesn't have to build a new stadium and he doesn't have to build a new practice facility. And he doesn't have to rebuild a fan base. Like this, this is a big job that, that, the next owner's taking on. And I think for Bezos, who's got a lot of other stuff going on, he'd rather probably just own the Seahawks and it's going to cost him, you know, a couple billion dollars less, I'd imagine as well. Yeah. I mean, and we'll get to all that, uh, what's coming up next, but, but the cynic in me is thinking, and I'm like probably some of those fans in DC. All right. Is this really going to happen? What could hold this up? And this is way over my head, Craig, I admit, but um, the idea that there will be possibly lawsuits uh, going against Daniel Snyder and lawsuits going against the NFL and Daniel Snyder wants uh, indemnity identification is that right now uh, perhaps a hold up here or is that nothing to worry about yeah i mean the washington post is stuck firm on their reporting about this which always gives me pause because like the post is the post they're ex- excellent mark maskey's incredible nikki javala liz clark the three reporters that have been on that story but uh, most people you talk to say that's not that really that big of a deal that there's going to be some kind of agreement obviously where if the team gets sued you know, who actually is getting sued there. If Snyder gets sued, does he have some kind of coverage from the NFL in some way? There will be those discussions, but it, to me, they're going to wind up just being whatever the standard boilerplate language is. And, you know, then it, there's the lawsuits that are already in play. Like, those aren't going to go away. Those are already established. And, you know, who's going to pay for whatever damages might come out of that? And so there are definitely details to be worked out, but to me, like they, they probably already worked a lot of that stuff out in, in the process. The league has to obviously approve all of it, but I would imagine that it, whatever agreement was signed between, because there is an agreement, like, let's be clear about that. This isn't just like, Hey, uh, yeah, well, we'll sell it to you. Uh, it, this is the cost. Like this is more than a price tag. There's a non-exclusive agreement that has been signed and I'm sure that some of those details are in there. So I, I don't think that, like Dan's selling the team. This, this is not, there's nothing to be scared of on that realm. The only thing that could potentially happen, and I give this less than a 1% chance, is this Canadian billionaire, Steve Apostolopoulos, or as I call him because everyone screws up his last name, Canadian Stephen A., uh, is that he comes in with $6.5 billion, but most people covering this, like A.J. Perez from Front Office Sports says, he doesn't have the $6 billion that he claims to be having in the first place. Mm. So um, I just don't see that, that being an issue. It's going to be Harris and Rails and, and Magic Johnson, that group. 
and the sale is going to be done. And I would imagine it's approved by the league at the May meetings in Minneapolis at the end of the next month. You're going exactly where I wanted to go, Craig. Those meetings in May uh, in Minneapolis, 24 owners need to approve of this for it to become final and, and for Harris to become part of this exclusive club of 32, you know, of, of the richest, you know, wealthiest men, uh, you know, in sports ownership. Um, do you see any roadblocks there with ownership? I imagine if, if there was a roadblock, it would be, hey, what can you do about building a new stadium for us in the District of Columbia? Because that's that's what all of these owners want is is you know the ability to continue to to build these these absolutely monster these monsters monster revenue generators for for their teams. Yeah, there's going to be no issues with that. Um, in part because anybody that is not Dan Snyder is going to have a better chance than Dan does pretty much that like can legitimately afford the team. I don't have much of a chance, but that's because my bank account uh, does not allow me to buy an NFL team. So if you have the money, you have a better chance of doing this than Dan does. So there's automatically an upgrade there. Uh, it's also important to remember Harris is already an NFL owner. Um, he's a minority owner in the Steelers. So he's been vetted before. He was vetted as part of the Broncos process when it went to auction. So for Josh Harris as the primary owner, the one who is the, putting up the most money and has the most on the line and is going to represent the, league, or the, the team at the league meetings, all of the big important stuff, he's already been vetted. The biggest guy to me to get vetted is Mitchell Rails, uh, who's incredibly well-known and respected in D.C. circles. Um, he is huge on like the art scene, just like, a DC billionaire, if you ever thought of one. Um, and, and I don't imagine he'll have any problem with, with his finances being looked at. And then like magic Johnson is the next biggest shareholder as far as we know right now. And magic's already an owner in other multiple leagues. So, you know, you have to think that unless there's some weird NFL rule where there's some specific hangup, he's going to be vetted just fine. There will also be like the other thing that, that could stretch out a little bit, but I, I think there's impetus to get this done by those May meetings is there will be other people involved. Um, I've, I've heard some rumors, and I think some of them might even be coming out in the next couple of days as actual full-fledged reports, that there's other like pretty wealthy limited partners here, which is really important when you talk about building that stadium. Do you have the capital without having to borrow it all and get debt waiver limits and all these things that the NFL was even willing to give Dan at one point, and then he just kept blowing through it all because he just it's cash broke. Um, again, I'd like to be as cash broke as he is, but that's a different story. Um, and those folks are going to have to get vetted as well. Uh, so, but that, that's common again, like in the Lewis Hamiltons of the world, folks like that, um, who were added later in the Broncos process, they got approved pretty quickly. Um, and those types of partners, I think will have to go through this process, but with six weeks to go between now and then, I don't think there will be any problems getting Josh Harris across the finish line uh, by Minneapolis, from what I understand anyway. Craig, here in western New York, uh, we're getting a new stadium, and the state here put in $850 million. It, it's, it's gross, but that's what happened. And I don't know if there's another market that would actually put in that much public dollars, but what I always thought that was interesting uh, about Washington, I, and we've talked to you about this, the fact that you're right there and you could have three different groups, uh, the state of Maryland, the state of Virginia, and the district all bidding against one another. Give us kind of the landscape there as far as, all right, who's going to be in on this here, or is it just kind of too soon to tell here? Yeah, and I'll apologize to your audience because I'm going to have to get into some politics here on a very baseline level, um, but the most likely group to give public money is probably Virginia. 
Um, it's the most conservative currently of those areas. And obviously, Glenn Youngkin is a Republican governor is more likely to do that than Wes Moore, the Democratic governor of uh, of Maryland. And then the district is is. I would say very, very unlikely to give a lot of money uh, for multiple reasons. One, the, the kind of general demographics and uh, political leanings of, of those of us who live here in the district and the desire to give uh, a billionaire money is not very high, uh, even if it is for a team that a lot of people are rooting for or have an interest in. Um, and then there's just the, the, the literal politics of the District of Columbia that is currently federally controlled. Like, we don't have senators. We don't get to set our own budget. You know, as citizens of the district, there's a lot of things that we don't have that complicate a process like this because unlocking anything that is quote-unquote public literally requires congressional approval. And uh, no matter what side of the aisle you pretend you, uh, you favor, I think everyone looks at Congress and goes, hey, they're not great at actually getting stuff done. Hmm. Uh, and so... That, that process is complicated. Um, the RFK site where the stadium used to be is currently controlled by the National Parks uh, kind of apparatus, which involves the National Park Service, the Department of the Interior. Um, and there is some thought that, especially Mitchell Rails, who I mentioned earlier, who's very well connected in those kinds of circles, could help unlock that site and do some of the political maneuvering that has to happen. But I do think all, part of that is going to be like, yeah, we'll give you the 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 rights to do it like we'll we'll give you the grant uh in terms of the land uh the grant's not the exact word i'm looking for but like the rights to the land but you're gonna have to pay for it and by the way you might also have to help pay for some affordable housing in the neighborhood and, and like kind of make some peace with other people uh in who already live there i think virginia is more likely and there was almost a stadium deal with snyder in place in virginia and that would have involved some smaller amount i think it was around 200 million of public financing Maryland might get back involved, but Maryland has probably the least uh, to go here because they've already get like the land oversight where the, the, the team plays now is already owned by Snyder and will presumably be sold to Josh Harris as a part of this. So Maryland's already got land that they've given the team and they just be like, hey, man, just build on your own land and, and we're good. Um, so that's kind of the, the general politics of the thing and, and kind of where we sit. But hopefully for fans that, you know, eventually come down for a future, you know, Bills Commanders game, they're going to a really beautiful new stadium in the District of Columbia because that's that's to me where this team belongs. And Craig, it's the best thing in terms of like a central location for all three jurisdictions. Craig, let's talk a little bit about what they might see on that field because we were talking yesterday with Harris coming in as a new owner. There's really nothing stopping and there's no precedent set other than what, the, 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 you know, uh, the the Browns did last year with Deshaun Watson, where what would stop uh, a Harris or, or from coming in as a new owner and saying, you know what, before July 15th, yeah, let's make an offer to Lamar Jackson. Let's get him that guaranteed deal that he wants. Is there a chance in your mind that Washington could come in because they have a need at quarterback and swipe the Lamar Jackson from Baltimore, become the more relevant uh, team in the Delmarva region? Slim uh, to none. And what I would say the reason why to me is, is actually much more Baltimore related, which is that what is a reasonable contract that the commanders could offer Jackson or any team could offer Jackson that the Ravens would match. They control it. And, and so especially, 
especially considering the like the fan dynamic stuff is real here between DC and Baltimore because the team here has been so bad. And I, you know, we were just talking about like the Maryland side of this. Well, all the fans in Maryland that were Commanders fans were equal distant, pretty much between the Commanders and the Ravens. And as the Ravens were good, and especially like for a lot of those fans that grew up being Commanders fans pre Ravens, uh, who were you know not founded until the Browns. Uh, you know, left and, and the Colts moved and all those kinds of things that happened uh, in the late 90s, like the, that kid's generation, so like you're, let's say, 15 to 25-year-olds, like they've grown up with the Commanders being terrible and the Ravens being good, and a lot of them just flipped to being Ravens fans. The Ravens, and a lot of them, by the way, are huge Lamar Jackson fans. So the Ravens especially don't want to give uh, Lamar Jackson up and let him go to D.C. So the overpay that would have to happen is absurd. Also, the football people here really like Sam Howell, and I'm not sure they're crazy for it. Um, he's super talented. Some people, like we have Mike Renner on our podcast, Pro Football Focus's lead draft e- expert, and he said like, if Howell was in this draft, he'd be QB3, and he had him as QB1 in, his, in, in terms of last year. So if instead of thinking of Sam Howell as a fifth rounder, you think of him as the top quarterback off the board in last year's draft, all of a sudden giving him a shot this year seems a lot less crazy. So is there a needed quarterback? Kinda, you don't really know what you have in Howell, but they like him here for good reason, and so I, I tend to think that that's probably not going to happen. So I've heard this about Howell. Why didn't we see more of Howell last year? Oh, I don't think Rivera knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> that was probably a little harsh, but like I, I, I think that. Last year was a weird year when it came to the offense. Um, one, they put their neck so on the line with Carson Wentz that they felt like they had to ride that out, which was stupid. They should have cut bait early and just seen it as sunk cost. Um, one, the, the other problem was Taylor Heineke won too many games, and he kind of saved their season, and so they couldn't bench him and go to Howell. That would have been terrible in the locker room, uh, even if it might have been the right football move. And then by the time they you know bench Heineke because his magic had run out. They go back to Wentz. That was a disaster against the Browns. Then it's like, okay, well, now we'll play Heineke. And I also think like he was a kid who was getting his reps in practice and getting better as the year went. And kind of by the time he was ready to play, the season was in that kind of weird spot where Carson was coming back and healthy. Taylor had won a bunch of games but was starting to decline. And are you really then going to go quarterback three at that point? But a more innovative thinker probably would have. And instead... Ron was kind of like, hey, Scott Turner, do whatever you want. And, you know, at the end of the season, we'll evaluate you. Instead of being like, I'm the head coach, I'm going to save our season, we're going to start Sam. Uh, they went with Carson and, and Taylor, and now Turner doesn't have a job. And uh, you get to ask me that question about Sam Howe. Well, none of us are going to forget, or at least we won't forget, that, that Ron Rivera didn't know that his team was eliminated from playoff <laughs> contention late in the season. You might not be that far off in saying that he doesn't know what he's doing or didn't know what he's doing. Does he know what he's doing here when we're talking about less than two weeks from now, Craig? Uh, what are you talking about on your show in terms of what the commanders might be doing in the draft here in Kansas City in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think they're kind of praying for one of the top guys, like a tier one type of player to fall to them, which is, it isn't unreasonable. Like a Peter Skaronsky, um, a Devin Witherspoon, a Christian Gonzalez. Like, depending on the mock draft you look at, there's a couple where one of those guys falls. And if that's the case, great. You take him, especially if it's an offensive lineman or a corner, a premier edge guy that you really, really like. I think that becomes interesting, especially if they don't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, which I'm not entirely sure they're going to do. But there's kind of a huge then bucket of Tier 2 players at a lot of positions that they would really be smart to look at and that they are looking at. 
And in that way, I kind of think they, they probably want to trade down. Like if I'm them, I'm trying to trade down in the mid twenties and take a guy like Deontay Banks out of Maryland, um, the corner. Um, if you have to take him at 16, it's a little rich, but I, to me, that that's probably the best play. They still are down a pick from the Wentz trade, even though uh, it's not as bad because he didn't play the, the snap threshold to be in it a second. It's a third. But if you could trade down a couple of spots, you know, a guy like Levis, let's say, falls, and, you know, Tampa trades up from 19 to 16, you recoup a third in that, still get one of the, the Tier 2 offensive linemen or Tier 2 corners and you get that third-round pick back, I think that's probably their best possible outcome in this draft. Craig, I'm going to go off the board for my last question here. As you know, uh, we are the AAA home of the Nationals here in Rochester. The Nationals mm. organization sucks, okay? Like, what was provided to us last year? I, you're not, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but uh, nothing's going to change until they get a new owner. What on earth is the holdup here? Is it really the TV deal? I mean, why haven't the yeah. Nationals... That, that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, so franchise values are hard. To, they're, they're hard to evaluate uh, anyway. When you don't know how much the TV deal is worth it's impossible and like that's a huge issue and by the way there's also no real understanding of when the rights might become available like the commissioner needs to step in here and say like in the best interest of baseball which is a very specific phrasing i'm using because he has that magical power like the best interest of baseball clause to do basically whatever the hell he wants like he should do that and be like we are undoing this rights deal this is insane the words in perpetuity anytime you were on the wrong end of those in a legal argument you are you know, up a creek without a paddle. And that's, that's the problem. And, and so it's twofold. One, what is the franchise worth? Well, we don't know. And there's currently a literal court case on deciding that. And once that's decided, then at least you can have a franchise value discussion of how much someone should actually be paying. But the primary buyer here, the guy that is most likely to, to purchase the, the team from the learners is Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards and the Capitals. And he also just bought NBC Sports Washington, which he's turning into monumental sports. So he's got a regional cable network that would love 162 baseball games and satellite programming to put on it. And if he doesn't know if he can get those rights, is it worth it for him to buy? So I hate to say, like, yes, it is as simple as the TV deal. But in a lot of ways, yes, it is as simple as this disastrous TV deal that is the fault of a lot of people. Um, and, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like, at least until this court case is done, uh, which I think there might even be multiple, we're just kind of stuck. You get bad AAA baseball, we get bad Major League Baseball, and you could name any number of players playing for either team, and I couldn't tell you which of the organi- or which level they played at. Craig, amazing insight. Thank you so much for letting us peek behind the curtain there in D.C. We'll be listening to your show, The Hoffman Show, there on the Team 980 inside the Odyssey app and the Take Command podcast as well. Really appreciate the time this afternoon, bud. Thank you, and I'm so sorry to your listeners for all of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia political talk. <laughs> no, it helps us understand. It really does. Craig, thanks so much, buddy. You got it. See you guys. I, it has to be hard living in that area. If you're like me, I just can't stand politicians. They start talking. I just hear lies, 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 blah, 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 blah. Like, that's all that it is there. It's all just... I think, though, maybe if you grow up with it, you become conditioned to it, maybe, perhaps. I thought you were going to you say you grow up around lies. I, I thought you were going to say the traffic. That would be number one. Of traffic the I couldn't bad. deal with it. Yeah. yeah. See, I've, I've been fortunate. Anytime I've had to go through that area, for the most part here, the last five years or so, I've just avoided the traffic by 
going through it like two in the morning. I made the mistake. I thought Sunday afternoon at five o'clock nope. we'd be fine. Nope. <laughs> what is this? Oh, this is normal. Okay. Yeah, that would be a problem. Uh, great stuff from Hoffman there. You can hear his show on our Odyssey Sports sister station inside the free-to-download Odyssey app. Quickly, uh, just some headlines from around the NFL. Gino, the Bills did make a move today. They signed an offensive lineman. Kevin Jarvis. Who's he? I've never heard of him. Well, good reason. Uh, he wasn't drafted last year. Detroit bringing him in, uh, and he went on IR immediately, so he didn't see the field at all. But uh, five years at Michigan State, uh, started in 39, so... You're going to need to fill out the 90-man roster here. So that's basically what this is. So the Bills taking a flyer here on uh, somebody that was on the street. Kevin Jarvis is an offensive lineman. Now, less than two weeks away from the NFL draft, we know that 17 prospects will be in Kansas City to attend the draft in person including the top quarterback prospects. You'll have Will Levis. You'll have Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. They're all going to be there. You would assume that they're all going to go in the first round. We'll see. That would be good news for the Buffalo Bills if they all went before pick 27. Mm -hmm. Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter will be there despite his no-contest plea last month to the charges of reckless driving and racing in regards to a, a January incident that left two people dead. Uh, receiver out of USC, Jordan Addison will be there. Will Anderson out of Alabama will be there. Defensive back, Brian Branch. Zay Flowers, that's a name I know a lot of Bills fans are looking forward to hearing. Uh, he'll be in attendance. Oregon uh, corner, Christian Gonzalez. Paris Johnson Jr. of Ohio State. Joey Porter Jr., Penn State. Uh, Bijan Robinson will be there out of Texas. Jackson Smith and Jigba will be in attendance at the draft. Uh, Georgia Tech defensive end Keon White and uh, Texas Tech defensive lineman Tyree Wilson along with Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon all going to be in attendance for the draft here coming up less than two weeks from tonight. Joey Porter Jr. makes me feel old. I liked his dad. Like, nice receiver for the Raiders there. Uh, GM carousel story worth monitoring. Now, we brought this up yesterday. The rumor... There's more than rumor here that uh, the Texans GM, Nick Casario, is going to go back to daddy, go back to New England after the draft. Now we're hearing that the Niners assistant GM, Adam Peters, would be tapped to replace Casario, which, oh my gosh, this is like what happened with the Bills and the Panthers, right? That the Bills had a head coach and won some power struggle and all of a sudden got to pick his former co-worker as a GM because, of course, D'Amico Ryan's coming from the 49ers. Ryan's now the new head coach with the Houston Texans. And you have that connection going on. And speaking of those connections, uh, Trace McSorley has a new team, former Penn State quarterback, uh, was with the Cardinals last year. He'll be signing with New England. Why? Because, well, Patriots offensive Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, uh, recruited McSorley to Penn State. <laughs> so he's familiar with McSorley. Yeah, why not? Yeah, if he's our third quarterback, we'll take a shot. Uh, now, he was the program's head coach. McSorley never played under O'Brien. O'Brien, you'll remember, left Penn State to go become the Texans head coach back in 2014. Every Penn State person, oh, McSorley, McSorley. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm going to be in the lion's den. This weekend. I'm going to Penn State this weekend. My brother-in-law is a massive Penn State fan. So you're going down for the spring game then? Yes, that's right. Okay. There will be some tailgating. My niece is uh, turning 19. We celebrate her birthday. We didn't get together last weekend for Easter, so we're all going to celebrate Easter in uh, State College this weekend. 
I can't think of anything more boring than a spring game. I'm sorry. Like, other than, hey, we need an excuse to go out and tailgate. That's, that's what it, what it yeah, is, yeah. Gino. That's all it is. That's all it is. I can't tell you a thing about the game that I'm going to. <laughs> I'm just excited that there's going to be beer and food, and we're going to have a good time, and the weather's going to be nice. Just don't you turn into a we are type of person. Oh, I so. say it all the time around my family. Yeah. It's it's like a family code now. My, my nephew, 10 years old, he's so excited because they're all jumping in the RV, and we're all making the trek down. He, uh, you know. I said goodbye to him yesterday. I was getting me on the school bus, and they just said, we are Penn State. I'm like, all right, all right. he's ready to go. He's all ready right. to go. Uh, Bud Dupree got another job. So he is signed to a one-year deal with the Falcons, who might be loading up there. Uh, Dupree spent the last two years in Tennessee, of course. There was chatter about Dupree going back to Pittsburgh with a reunion there. But uh, in the first round, he was a 2015 pick. That never happened. Um, took a free agent visit with his former club in late March. But again, no deal coming to Pittsburgh. So Bud Dupree now with Atlanta. And Gerald McCoy is uh, retiring. Gerald McCoy uh, will be one of uh, viewed as one of Tampa's best defensive linemen in franchise history. Uh, drafted back in 2010. He didn't play at all last season. He, he was uh, with the Raiders in 2021. Had a knee injury that kept him out for most of the 2021 season. He almost forgot that Gerald McCoy was even a thing. He officially announced his retirement with the video that he released on social media this morning. All right, there you go. We've got you caught up on the NFL. We've got you caught up on the Bills signing from today. All that's left is to enjoy happy hour next in the sports bar. Can't wait. Uh, one last hour, and we have time for your calls on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That number is 866 866- 4326-585-866-4FAN, award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub in the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. We have time for your calls. We'll get to more of uh, the draft news and, and, and notes that we kind of uh, accumulated after talking to Joe Marino in the 3 o'clock hour. You can hear all of that next here in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. NBA playoffs are here. The uh, play-in tournament wraps up tonight, and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E, right now, and place a $5 bet. You'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Tonight, I like the Bulls plus 5.5. I like the Oklahoma City plus five and a half. Now, when we win tonight, know that you will get paid instantly on an app that is safe and secure. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Mike and sign up to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and physically present in New York. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 